I want you to think of a time in your life that was just a really, really tough day. A tough day that you had to endure. When I think about that, when I think about a tough day that I had to endure, I think back to my senior year of high school. And in my senior year of high school, I played soccer. And I was playing soccer in, in, our, in our locker room. You didn't have to put locks on, the, on any of the lockers because you're a team and the team should all respect each other and, and you should make sure that you stay out of other people's stuff. Well, we had a thief in our locker room and people's things were starting to show up missing. And then it happened to me. I looked and my wallet was missing. I looked all through my locker. I looked, I looked there and, and it wasn't in my pants pocket. Someone came in and took my wallet out of my jeans and stole it. And so I go to my coach and I say, hey, Someone stole my wallet. And the coach says, I'm done with this. And he says, guys, we're going to have a tough practice today. And we had our, our soccer practice was the last period of school. And then it would go on into the uh, on into uh, after school. So we had an hour worth of school practice and then an hour and a half after school. And here's what the coach decided he was going to do. He said, you're going to run. Two laps, so half a mile. You're going to come back and you're going to do a hundred sit-ups. And then you're going to do 50 push-ups. And I'm going to ask you who has the wallet. All of you. I thought, okay, well, hopefully someone will fess up and give me my wallet. We run two laps. hundred sit-ups. Fifty push-ups. Who has the wallet? No one fesses up. He says, alright, do it again. Half a mile, 100 sit-ups, 50 push-ups. Who has the wallet? No one stands up and says anything. All right, we're going to do it again. And then I said, Coach, I don't care about the wallet. <laughs> the most money I would have ever had with me is uh, 20 bucks. I didn't need it. I can get a new driver's license. No big deal. Coach says, no, it's the principle of the thing. So for two and a half hours, half a mile, 100 sit-ups, 50 push-ups, it was a tough day. And I go back to my locker after we were all done, we're all exhausted, and I'm going and I'm, I'm changing back into, or I'm just gathering up my dirty clothes, and what do you know, <laughs> sitting on the bottom of my locker, my wallet. I didn't want that wallet to be found. I didn't want anyone to know I had the wallet. I was very happy with that wallet to never exist ever again. Someone just stole it. So what did I do? I wrapped it up in some clothes, hid it, and I didn't tell anyone that this wallet had been found. How concerned are we that are lost. It probably depends on how important that thing that's lost to you is. And when I look at something like this wallet, the wallet really wasn't all that valuable. It had, like I said, maybe $20 max in it. And I would have rather it been lost for good than to have had my reputation 
tarnished and all my teammates angry with me. I would have wished that while it was lost. We live in a world where we have a lot of love. In communion thoughts, that was a beautiful setup of people that were blind. And once they were blind, they were lost. And we want people to be able to see, right? At least I hope we do. Or do we sometimes worry more about what's going on in our life that it's okay if things are lost? You see, Jesus cared for the lost. And He cared for the lost so much that you see in His actions how He spent His time with people. Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 15. And if you open your Bible, we're going to be in Luke chapter 15, and we'll start in verse 1. But we'll be here through most of the day, or most of the morning. And in Luke 15, verse 1, it says, Now the tax collectors and were all gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. It didn't matter where Jesus was going or who he was going to, whose house he was going to eat at, whether it's a rich man's house or a Pharisee's house or a sinner's house. The people that were lost would seem to gravitate towards Jesus. And sometimes Jesus would invite himself to those who were lost house. And sometimes they would come and see Him. Jesus wanted to right what was wrong in this world because with this world was a world of lost people. And it starts way back in Genesis. Those that are studying the, the book of Genesis in our, in our Sunday morning uh, class, we have Genesis going on by, taught by Gerald. I'm sure that's an incredible class. And we have Revelation going on. That's what one I teach. And so I'd encourage you all to stay for Bible class after this. But in Genesis, you see in the very beginning that man and woman decided that they would rather know all good and evil. And with that, bringing in sin and separating themselves from God and separating themselves from a relationship with God, where they could walk with God daily. And so there was a barrier between man and God. And God didn't want that. Though God didn't want that, God knew that that was going to happen. He knew that man was going to reach out, and He knew that man was, was going to strive to, to know more, and by knowing more, knowing about sin, and by knowing about sin, falling into sin. And that sin separated him. And so, what did God do? We all know the verse, or most of us should know it. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. So what did God do? God sends His Son, and what God sends His Son to do is to bring heaven and earth back together to make right what was wrong 
When people would go out to Jesus and they would cry out to Jesus to help them, there were people like the, the, the lepers, people with leprosy that had this, this, uh, this contagious skin disease. And if you ever were to touch a leper, you would become unclean too. But what would Jesus do whenever the lepers come? Jesus would touch them. Did that make Jesus unclean? No. That made the leper clean. When Jesus touches you, that makes you clean. That sets the world right. When Jesus touches the eyes of the blind, they see. When He touches the lame, they walk. When He comes in contact with the hungry, they're satisfied. Jesus came to right the wrongs of this world, to bring us back together, to make the unclean clean, to make the lost found. And so people are complaining about Jesus spending His time with these sinners, they say. And there's so many folks out there that would be considered sinners. They say, how could Jesus spend time with people like that? With people that don't look like they belong in Sunday morning worship with us. Well, Jesus has a heart for the lost. And He's going to do anything He can to reach the lost. And so He gives these three very well-known parables to us and to the people at the time to see a couple of things of how much Jesus cares for the lost, how much the Father cares for the lost, and how much we should care for the lost. And so He starts off in Luke chapter 15, verse 4. He says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors and together says, rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than the ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. How important is a lost soul to Jesus? He has a hundred sheep and only one of them gets lost. One of them runs away. One of them's not doing what he's supposed to do. And so what does the good shepherd do? The good shepherd goes off and he looks for his sheep. The 99 are safe. They're good. They're not in any danger. And so he can go off and he can go and look for the sheep. So that he can bring them back because he is the good shepherd. And that's what we talked about when we studied the book of John uh, a few months ago. When we talked about John chapter 10, verse 14, that Jesus was the good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And I lay down my life for the sheep. The good shepherd goes off. And he's going to do everything he can to find the sheep. And he does everything that He could have done. And He gives His life for us. Sheep can come back to Him. Back when we lived in Wiley about six years ago, we had two really dumb dogs. And these dogs do everything they could to leave our backyard because our backyard was right against a park. And kids would be playing soccer and playing around in the park and the dogs just wanted to go out into the park and see what was going on out there. And so the first thing I'd do is they would dig under the fence and I'd put it in the 
electric fence out there and the dogs would, well, I had one dog that would that would tell the other big dog to bite up the electric fence until it broke and then both of them would escape. And so they'd leave and I'd go to the pound and I'd bring them back and I'd be angry with the dogs. And then I started putting concrete under the pig and they would find a way to break through the board out to the and every time I went to the pound to pick them up, when I got there, I'd put their leash on and I'd just kind of give a little yank at them, let them know I wasn't very happy. And maybe that's mean, but that was my feelings when the bad dogs were found. This isn't Jesus' feelings at all. When the good shepherd finds his sheep, what does he do? What a beautiful thing that it says he takes the sheep and he puts it on his shoulders and so every storybook jesus that we see we have this picture right uh, it's it's a beautiful story of jesus holding a lamb on his shoulder have you seen that it, it's it's a great picture of what jesus thinks about the lost when someone's lost jesus wants them to be found and he wants to do everything he can to bring them back to the fold and He lovingly puts them on His shoulders. Why? Because our Jesus, our Lord, looks at these sheep like those of us who are parents would look at their children. Back a few years back, I used to take the youth group uplift at Harding. And a lot of times I would take Dane and Sydney with me and Mary would be able to come every now and again when she could get vacation uh, to, to come with us. And we were all there one year. Sydney was probably about three, maybe four years old oldest. And we would stay in this apartment on campus and the Dane and Sydney would have these scooters and they would ride the scooters all over campus because it, you know, it's a lot of walking. And so we were in the auditorium and it was the first day and they were splitting people up in classes. And I was a teacher, so uh, they, they, they already split the high school up in class, so they dismissed the high school and any adults to, to move to the back of the auditorium. And then they were going to put the middle school in classes. And so I'm staying where I was, and Mary and Dane, people can see who all the teachers were, and they just went and sat in the back row. Well, as they got up and moved, all the other folks... All the, the, the adults that weren't teaching and all the high school that were leaving would got up too. And Sydney was a little late to get up and so she's following Mary and Dane. But Mary and Dane, they just sit down in the row. I thought Sydney was sitting with Mary and Dane. Mary thought Sydney was sitting with me. And all of a sudden, Sydney walks around and she is lost. And so she assumes that Mary and Dane must have gone to, uh, back to the apartment. So she gets on her scooter and she starts going back to the apartment. And then after they put everyone in class, I look at Mary. I say, where's Sydney? She says, she's with you. I said, no, she's with you. And our daughter's lost. I've got to teach a class right then, but do you think the class mattered to me? Not at all. What mattered at that time was I found my find my lost daughter. And so we're searching everywhere. We're searching everywhere. And finally outside, we see Sydney 
roll up on her scooter and there's a there's a couple that that had found her and luckily it's Harding so it's uh she's going to be okay for the most part but we were so excited when she came home so excited when she was there and every parent probably has experienced something like that and that's what God feels even when they were wrong God wants them to come back and so he personalizes this story of a sheep and he talks about it in the form of a story of a lost son. And in verse 11 it says, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. After he spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death? So he got up, went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and filled, his, filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Celebrate. This young son wants the blessings of the father, wants everything that the father has to bless him with. And yet he doesn't want to be with the Father. He wants what the Father has, but he doesn't want the Father. And so many in this world are like that too. We want all the good blessings of this world. And yet, we don't want to be with who blesses us with these things. And so, I always thought it was such an interesting thing. The Father gives the Son His inheritance Early, we think about your inheritance that usually happens when your parents are no longer with us. But the father gives it early to him. And I think, why would the father give him his inheritance knowing what the son is going to do with that? And that's because we have a father that loves us so much that he's going to allow us to make our own choices. And he sets out, we should know the path that leads to destruction. He gives us these instructions that, that, that if you keep on going down this path, it's not going to be a good one to take. But He allows us to do it because He loves us so much. He's going to give us this choice. And yet, what does the Father also do? He waits with open arms and He looks and He seeks His Son. And when His Son comes back to Him, He sees His Son from a long way off because I think He's looking for His Son. And He runs off and He embraces His Son. How much does the father love his son that was lost? He loves him so much that he embraces him and he kisses him and he throws a party for him because his son was lost and now he is found. And so what does that mean for us? When we're lost and living in the pig pen, we've got to realize that our life is going to be so much better with Christ. I look at so many folks that uh, went through my youth group over time, and, and I look at the life that they're, they're living, and some of them are just, uh, just thriving and doing great. And some of them 
have decided to go down this path of destruction and I just look at what's going on in their life and I just think to myself, and I probably should do a better job of reaching out to them and say, look, you're in the pig pen. Turn around, come back because we have a God that loves us and cares for us and wants us to come back to Him. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, For it is by grace that we've been saved through faith. And it's not of for, our, for yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not by your works, so that anyone could boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God's waiting for us with open arms. We just have to turn from our, sin, our sins. That's what repentance is. Turning back to Him and coming to Him and allowing Him to carry us on His shoulders. That's what baptism is. Baptism is surrendering your life to, to Christ. Going down into the water is dying to yourself and coming up being raised with Him. And that's what you, when, you're, when you're allowing Him to carry you on your shoulders, on His shoulders, we're surrendering ourselves to Him. We've repented and we've surrendered and He's going to bring us into the fold. And with that, bringing into the fold brings eternal life. So now we see what the Father has done. He's out there looking for the lost sheep, the lost sons. And the Good Shepherd is out there going and searching. So what's our role? Jesus is talking to a couple of people in here. He's talking to people that are lost. And He's talking to the religious folks. And He's saying, there's something for you too. And so he gives this story of a lost coin that's wedged in between these two. In verse 8 it says, Or suppose a woman that has ten voicing in the presence of angels of God, of the angels of God, over one sinner who repents. And so in this story, Jesus, we know is the Good Shepherd, and we know God is the Father. And who is this woman? This woman has lost something of incredible value to her. Now the coin that they use, it's a Greek coin, and we don't know if it's worth a day's wages or if it's worth a week's wages, but it is very valuable to her. And so what's Jesus trying to get across to us in this story? That we need to seek out what's valuable. And I love how Jesus uses this parable to say it's not just the man's job to go and search out those. It's both man's job and it's woman's job. And Jesus does an incredible job of bringing all of us into the fold and saying it's all of our responsibilities as the church to search what's lost. To go out and seek the lost. And so what, is, what does she do? She lights a lamp because the, room, the houses are dark. There's no electricity in those houses. And she sweeps the floor until she finds maybe a little clink of a coin. And she's not going to give up until that coin is found. She's not just going to say, well, it's just one out of ten. This is incredibly valuable to her. So she sweeps until she finds it. When we talk about going out into our neighborhood and seeking those in our neighborhood and forming a relationship with those in our neighborhood and reaching and teaching those in our neighborhood, we are seeking 
so many of those that are lost. That's why we're doing this. It's the utmost importance. And so are we sweeping this neighborhood? Are we lighting the light in this church to look around for those that are lost? Because Jesus is going to do everything He can to do that. The Father is going to do everything He can. And He puts it in our hands and He says, you go and see. Like I said, the story is written for two different folks. Folks that are sinners, folks that are lost. And then the religious folks that might not realize that they're lost too. Think about this coin. This coin is in her house. She hasn't lost it outside of the house. It's, it's fallen. Maybe it's in the crack on the floor. But until it's found, it has no value to her. And so she needs to sweep the floors and look for it. But then Jesus gives another story of, He kind of personalizes it. And He talks about this other son and it says, Meanwhile, the other son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he calls one of the servants and asks him, What are you doing? His brother has come. He, your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he, is, because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. And his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and, you, and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even gave me a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. And when the son of yours has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said, you always are with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He is lost and now has been found. I think the saddest thing of this story is you have this brother that's sitting around and he is part of the father's household. And he doesn't everything the father has is his. He's going through this motions of being the good son, but he doesn't realize that everything the father has is his. And he doesn't have a heart for his brother that's lost, and he won't go out and seek his brother that's lost, nor is he happy when his brother even comes home. Our God loves all of us. And He wants all of us to be made right with Him. And He wants the church to go out and reach out to those and let them know that they have a God that loves them and wants them to come back to Him. And so, we end today looking at who are we in this parable? Are we like the woman that's sweeping the floor and looking for everyone we can to bring home the lost? Or we like the brother that doesn't care about the lost at the time. Maybe thinks about the lost like, I thought about my wallet. It doesn't matter. I don't want it back. Maybe we're somewhere in the middle where we just don't think about it too much. Our God wants us to know that if we're lost, we can come to Him. We can repent of our sins. We can be baptized into Him. And we can be raised with Him forever. And He wants us also to know that we have a responsibility to go out and seek and save those that are lost and hurting. If there's anything we can do for you today, please come while we stand and sing.